the question was, how can Corona help connect people with sunshine and the outdoors? And the reality is the idea could have been anything. It could have been a new campaign idea, a new entree promotion, but someone in the room was brave enough to suggest something a bit more out there, which was, well, why not put sunshine directly into the beer? Like, could we bottle the sun? And I think in that moment, it was such a powerful yet simple idea that ended up sort of taking a life of its own. And as soon as it was out there, we sort of knew as an innovation team that we had to figure out a way to make that idea come to life. Welcome to Talking on Tap, ABM Babs podcast series. I'm your host, Elaine McCrimmon, Global Director of Reputation and External Engagement at ABI. To follow up on our last episode, I'm very pleased to bring back our very own Jonathan Ritter, Global Head of Innovation, alongside three fantastic innovation leaders from around the globe, Kate Neff, Christine Hamilton, and Shannon Palmer, all leading powerful innovation projects here at ABI. In this episode, we're going to explore some recent innovation programs from some of our most loved brands, including Corona Sunbrew, the first non-alcoholic beer containing vitamin D, and to talk about Stella Artois Unfiltered. So just how did these projects come about and how do they help address consumer needs? Let's find out. It is great to welcome back to our show, Jonathan Ritter, Global Head of Innovation. Jonathan, last time you were on the show, you talked about one team. So I'm super excited that you get to introduce some of those team members for us today. Kate Neff, our Head of Global Brand Innovation, Christine Hamilton, Global Brand Center of Excellence Lead for Canada, and Sharon Palmer, Global Brand Lead Center of Excellence for the UK. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Elaine. And it is amazing to be back. And as you mentioned from our last episode, we talked about this whole hashtag one team. So it's my honor to have three key people that are part of this whole hashtag one team to talk about the projects that they worked on, the journey that it took and that it takes to get these innovations into market. So super excited to have Kate, Christine and Sharon talk to us today. So I'll pass it over to Kate just to start talking about the background and some of the projects that we're going to talk about today on the podcast. Thanks, Jonathan. I think the first thing and the theme that will stick with me across most of the projects is what Jonathan mentioned about the power of one team. I think Christine, Sharon, and I sit across many different countries and we're doing this work in the middle of a pandemic and hadn't met each other in person until very recently. And I think the partnership that we have as a business and a team was a huge enabler for us to be able to make some of these innovations happen. So I'll start with the first and maybe the most difficult Corona Sunbrew, which was you know, our first foray into what we believe firmly is a superior non-alcoholic product under our Corona brand. And I think what was so interesting about it is, you know, Christine will talk about this, I suspect, but we really wanted to tap into kind of the emotional territory that Corona owns. And we found this really inspiring idea from one of the other countries, I think China in particular, around this connection that Corona has to nature and to the sun. 
and saw the potential of if we were to infuse vitamin D into this non-out product, that that could easily connect to kind of the emotional positioning and what it stands for for consumers and kind of be an opportunity to deliver more rather than less in a non-alcoholic beer. So as Jonathan mentioned, we focus a lot on superiority. We had a big challenge just to deliver an amazing tasting non-alcoholic product because we are very focused on consumer needs. We're seeing the trends shift and people be more conscious about moderating their alcohol intake and being more present in moments so they can connect with people. So non-alcoholic beer is very relevant in addressing that, but what they're still looking for, and it is a bit of a trust issue with the category today, is really, will it taste great? And so there was a huge work stream for all of us and our technical partners to make sure, first and foremost, it tastes amazing and as good as you'd expect for current and mother brand. And then on top of that, with this desire to bring products that are really differentiated to market and really deliver a total experience that's superior, this aspiration to somehow integrate vitamin D and this emotional connection to nature and the sun into that product, which was highly technically complex. So you know, I think that was a two-year journey for all of us as a team where we faced a lot of obstacles to make it happen, creating new categories of beverages in Canada, which is a huge testament to Christine and the team and a number of other different efforts in terms of just making it happen in the midst of a pandemic. But I think that's what sticks with me most is through it all, like everybody was aligned on the vision and very much motivated to make it happen together saw the value for the consumers and like fought really hard to make what they believed were things that mattered for people come true and happen in market. So a little bit about the background on our journey on Corona Sunbrew, and I think Christine can add a lot more to it. Yeah, Christine, tell us more about the idea of putting vitamin D in Corona. How did that come about? Great question. Corona is a brand that in everything it does, we are working to solve an inherent tension that I think we can all relate to, which is we spend far too much of our lives indoors. And I think we all know and inherently feel that like outside is where we feel most alive and most connected to ourselves and to our friends. So Corona is constantly looking for ways to help bring people or bring the outdoors to the forefront of people's lives. And at ABI, we sort of champion this notion that good ideas can come from anyone, anywhere. And in this instance, there was actually a creative session happening in China where a question was posed to a group of brand directors and agency stakeholders. And the question was, how can Corona help connect people with sunshine and the outdoors? And the reality is the idea could have been anything. It could have been a new campaign idea, a new entree promotion, but someone in the room was brave enough to suggest something a bit more out there, which was, well, why not put sunshine directly into the beer? Like, could we bottle the sun? And I think in that moment, it was such a powerful yet simple idea that ended up sort of taking a life of its own. And as soon as it was out there, we sort of knew as an innovation team that we had to figure out a way to make that idea come to life. And so as we dove into that opportunity, we sort of saw a trend rising, which was that non-alcoholic beer was growing like 7% globally and 13% in Canada. But most products or beers are showing up there in a very functional way. So they're communicating that they taste just like the real thing, but at 0% alcohol, or they're trying to encourage new occasions where beer normally doesn't play a role, like at work or in the morning. And with this in mind, we sort of thought, well, maybe we could bring a more exciting an emotionally connected solution to the non-alcoholic beer category. So one that was less about what it wasn't, like a non-alcoholic version of the real thing, 
but more about what it was, which was sort of sunshine in a bottle via a vitamin D infusion. I absolutely love that. How can (laughs) you put sunshine in a bottle? I mean, it's amazing and fantastic that we were able to even execute in this way. Can you tell us about your work in tapping into the non-beer occasions with the work that you're doing on Corona Sunbrew? Yeah, sure. I mean, our objective with Sunbrew is to drive frequency in occasions where it's co-ed and social. So think barbecues, patios, cottages. And what we're finding is that these occasions that people drink beer in don't change. But what is changing a bit is people's behavior within these occasions. So Sometimes people are looking to moderate their drinking. So they might be starting their night with friends with one or two Coronas before maybe wanting to slow down a little bit, but they still want to feel part of the group and connected to the vibe that's happening. And I think what's appealing about Corona Sunbrew is that it's delivering on everything that people love about Corona, like the iconic clear bottle, the lime ritual, the light and refreshing taste. So it doesn't feel like you're giving something up. And in fact, you're sort of getting that feeling of being closer to nature or closer to the outdoors when you've got a non-alcoholic beer that's got that vitamin D hit. So that's what's really been exciting about sort of seeing how consumers are consuming Sunbrew. Yeah. And it's like Jonathan has mentioned in the previous episode about really solving consumers' pain points. And this is an amazing innovation that really helps to do that. Kate, can you share how the innovation is really different to competitors? I think Christine said a lot already in terms of this emotional connection, because as you look at the history of what that non-elk segment has been for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, it's really been about people who weren't allowed to drink. And now we're seeing this big shift with consumers where even younger consumers are choosing to, they want to have these social moments, but they want to be able to moderate a bit better. Wherein I think having these benefits and making it a conscious choice and something people derive value from is the challenge today, right? And I think that's what the team touched so well, is finding this amazing connection between what this brand has always stood for, for the community and for people who are drinking the alcohol, being able to translate that experience and that connection to a non-alc product so that when you're standing at the bar with your friends, you don't get asked, why am I not having a drink tonight? How come you're having water? It's what are you drinking? And you have this amazing story to tell. It's like, oh, this is the new Corona. And by the way, did you know it has vitamin D in it? It's sunshine in a bottle. And I think that's exactly it. Yeah, that would be my answer. I'm drinking sunshine in a bottle. That would be the best reply. So Kate, there's been so many successes, but what's the other example that you want to highlight? Yeah, I think in this one had probably less time and less length of journey to market, but I think it also exemplifies that idea of one team that Jonathan talked about. And the product that comes to mind is Stella Artois Unfiltered. This was a project that we worked on with Sharon, Christine, sort of across the markets again, to try and help tap into that trend that we're seeing amongst people premiumizing. So beer is a great place for consumers to trade up. It's very financially approachable. So you can treat yourself without outlaying a ton of cash to do that. And so as we looked at the markets and some of the shift in behavior in the United Kingdom where the product launched, we saw consumers were starting to trade up and to sort of treat themselves. And when they did that, one of the things they're looking for in premiumization is this experience. So having more taste, having something unique, having something that's different. And, you know, 
huge kudos to the team. They started to see the idea of unfiltered beer or beer as it should be brewed in the natural way without filtration as something that existed. You know, I think Sharon, it was in Germany first but that had the potential to sort of help deliver better flavor or more taste, a new experience to consumers in a way that's really natural and felt higher quality and sort of said, why not explore this? Because this could be something that really delivers something compelling and unique to consumers and hadn't started in a large way to extend beyond that country. So we sort of started talking to them about the opportunity of Stella Unfiltered. We got pretty excited about it and went quite a few rounds just kind of hashing out the idea, looking at how do you bring that high quality premium experience across all elements of the product. So we had this great idea on the liquid and how to deliver that superior taste experience and something that felt really unique. It's a hazy liquid. It's got these bits of proteins or yeast left in it from the brewing process that helps to enhance the taste. And we said, okay, great. Like, what else can we do from a packaging standpoint? And big thanks to Sharon and the team who've been working on a huge initiative from a technical standpoint for years to change the way we package our products and bring these really high quality packs, secondary packs, and the bottle that you touch and the carton that you touch that you actually purchase your product with. They could really change the consumer experience that not only does it look great, but it's easier to carry and so on. And we thought, why not? to put that together. So we have the full proposition where every touch point is really a step above. And I think that was what got us all excited when we started off on the journey. So really fun to see the collaboration across the teams, to see how they could find inspiration in one country and look at that to solve a need for consumers in another country, and then kind of take it to the next level with all these other initiatives we were working on. So that for me is the other one. And I think happy to hand to Sharon at this point because she can really give you the details on what was so exciting about it for the market and how they've sort of brought it to life. Well, I can testify. I was in the UK not so long ago and it really stands out and pops on the shelf and tastes amazing. So all of my family got to enjoy that. And I was super excited to even be back in the UK after having been locked out for so long. Sharon, please tell us about the channel packaging and why is a real game changer for us? Absolutely. So great to be here today and very happy to hear, Elaine, that you've experienced the packaging yourself and that you've got to taste our amazing beer. But let me take a step back and talk to you a little bit about how the project started. So Project Chanel was actually inspired by a brief, which was along the lines of, imagine if the Chanel high-end fashion brand we all know were to design beer packaging. And this brief in itself was game-changing as it led us to look at packaging in a whole new light and start to think about how could we lead the premium beer category beyond just graphics. So we started with a consumer pain point that we've spoke a lot about today. And this particular pain point, I'm sure we've all experienced at some point. And that's where consumers often struggle to carry bulk beer packs home from supermarkets. And when they get them home, the packs are not easy to open at all. So what we developed was a 360 degree unwrapping ritual and premium portability, which helped solve for both of these consumer challenges. And best of all, as you've testified yourself, the packs look beautiful on shelf and really stand out, which is, I think, testament to the rounded corners of the pack, but also the very premium finishes that really helps elevate the whole experience of Stella Artois Unfiltered, ensuring that every touch point of the launch is super premium and giving yet another reason for consumers to want to pay more. 
Yeah, we really like to dream big at AB InBev. And then when I hear you say what the brief was, we're really changing the way people think about beer and beer packaging. Absolutely. I mean, packaging is the billboard for our brands and the most intimate touch point we have with our consumers. But innovating in this space can be really difficult, especially when you have a global brand like we do at scale. So I'm really proud of the collaboration, the passion and the resilience because this type of project takes many, many years. And that collaboration we've really seen across supply and commercial to bring this packaging to market. And I can't wait to leverage the capability that we now have in our brewery to continue to do more in this space and drive really noticeable superiority in our packaging going forward. And Sharon, can you tell us about the digital platforms that were used in the Stella Artois Unfiltered project? Absolutely. So I know that Rita has touched on this in an earlier podcast, but we're doing more and more in this space. So in the UK, we have a website called Beerhawk which primarily sells Perfect Draft, which is a premium in-home draft experience. What we wanted to do at the start of Stellar Unfiltered was launch Stellar Unfiltered onto this platform because it's a great way to get first-party data and to learn very quickly about the proposition. So this allowed us to build confidence before the full launch into retail and to validate some of our key assumptions. It also allowed us to test some of our messaging hierarchy for our marketing communications, which we've then taken on board as we've launched the campaign. And due to the results from launching on this channel, we're looking to do more and more of this on our innovations in the future as we continue to innovate quicker and much more effectively. I can't wait to see and hear what's next. Obviously, lips are sealed, highly confidential projects underway. Kate, can you tell us a little bit about how these projects are really solving those consumer needs? Yeah, Sharon and I talked about the kind of experience across all the touch points with Stella Artois and Filtered. So as we look at what consumers are expecting to get out of the choices that they're making, especially when they're willing to spend more and sort of trade up, it's that high quality experience across everything. So I think Sharon explained really well the packaging. It's got a special handle that raises up. It's a bit more cushioned when you carry it. It's comfortable. You're not scratching your knuckles on the tops of a beer bottle. It's got this beautiful curved edge in this peel tab that allows you to sort of open and reveal. So it's quite an experience as it should be off a of brief, you know, to be the Chanel of packaging, right? And then I think as you have the product that pays and that different look to the product and this smooth drinking experience, which was one of the kind of amazing sound bites we got from consumers on that perfect draft test when we put it out there, you know, it gave us the confidence that we were delivering that point of difference across yes. everything. I think to date, we're looking at, I think, five-star ratings on 97% of the reviews on wow. the perfect draft platform, which is amazing. Like you yeah. only hope to be at that level. We've got some pretty incredible YouTube videos from consumers talking about how this tastes like the original way people brewed beer. It's really refreshing. It's very smooth. And so, you know, I think we feel really confident in that, that we've hit the nail on the head in terms of having a special experience for consumers, because you have to deliver that if you're going to charge more for that. And the team did an amazing job with the design brief and bringing that to life so that when you walk in the store... From that first moment of touch point, you feel like you're getting something special. And I won't say too much about the campaign other than check it out. I think the UK team's done yeah. a really fun job in sort of bringing this Bureau Natural to life. 
have a peak, but um, and but great I mean, timing, especially with like rising inflation and people having less money to spend. This is an affordable luxury that's clearly going to fly off the shelves. Retter, I know you're incredibly proud of the team. I know the team love to be part of the hashtag one team. I have to come back to you to see whether you have any final thoughts as well, given the amazing projects and the amazing team. For sure. Yeah. And I think that the three individuals on the podcast and also the two projects that we're talking about just reinforce the power of this whole hashtag one team mindset. And I think these projects also were not easy from the start and they weren't easy to launch. So I think, again, having this whole hashtag one team mindset of supporting, caring and not caring gets the credit allows us to launch very difficult projects in the right way to make sure we have sustainable success. And just on behalf of myself, you know, I'm fortunate to have such great leaders like Kate, Christine, and Sharon on our team because they really exemplify what leadership means. They have a lot of people that work on their team. So it's a true honor and pleasure to have all three of them be part of this global innovation community and just proud to be able to lead them and just excited to see what we can all do next. I think there's a couple of things in our pipeline that are super exciting. And we have all the faith in the world, the teammates that we have with the caring and support that we're going to do some great things now and in the future to make sure that we keep having a future with more cheers now and in the future. Thank you. It takes a long time to have these overnight success. We haven't talked on this particular episode about the Fast Company win. Ritter had shared that on the last interview. And it's something that the entire company are incredibly proud of. Amazing work that you're all doing. And super pleased that we had the chance to dive in to hear a little bit more on these examples. Thank you, Ritter, Christine, Kate, and Sharon. Thank you for having us. So there you have it. It is amazing to witness how some of our most loved brands are leading the way in innovation. That just leaves me to say a big thank you to our innovation team led by Jonathan Ritter. Thank you to Jonathan, Kate Neff, Christine Hamilton and Shannon Palmer for sharing the examples and for being featured on our podcast. And of course, a big thanks to our listeners. If you'd like to learn more, please visit ab-inbev.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us. And if you think others will enjoy it too, please share. We are AB InBev. This is Elise Puma from the AB InBev legal team. This podcast was recorded and is being made available by AB InBev solely for informational purposes and is general in nature. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed or provided in this podcast, including by speakers who are not officers, employees, or agents of AB InBev, are not necessarily those of AB InBev and may not be current. AB InBev does not make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the content contained in this podcast nor does AB InBev offer any sort of legal, financial, or other advice in the podcast content. Any liability, therefore, is expressly disclaimed. Certain of the statements may have been forward-looking in nature and based on current expectations and views of future events and developments of the speakers, and are naturally subject to uncertainty and changes in circumstances. AB InBev does not undertake any obligation to provide any form of update, amendment, change, or correction to any of the information, statements, comments, views, or opinions set forth in this podcast.